previously on the Soundless Citadel. I was wondering, once we finish going through the Sunless Citadel, I was wondering if you wanted to join up with me and Chrysantha after all of this. I know that she would want to meet you. I'd have to think over such a thing, especially considering the future and my own fate. If all goes according to plan and whether I am to win the Marquis's game, I would not want to subject you or Chrysantha to the evil of Sadelin. I want to say yes, but I must consider the risks. Look, I, I know that we're supposed to be cautious as things are only getting more and more dangerous, but I don't think I can handle being in here any longer. I need to find my sister and I... We need to move forward. Let's go to the door with the ladder. Another thing catches your attention. We're at the very center of this stage, made of stone. There seems to be some sort of very large, great sword that is embedded into the stone of the stage. This was the Lakaris sword. As he holds the legendary blade in his hand, a look of satisfaction crosses Mortis's face. I don't know why, but I feel different holding this weapon. Complete. After this triumphant moment, Mortis falls to one knee. <laughs> what the? Something's happening to me. Are, are you alright? Is, is there any way we can help? I'm not sure. There's a great pain in my shoulder. Throughout the vastness of the multiverse, there lies a tavern. As you approach its doors, you catch bubbles of laughter that rise and burst into cheers as colorful groups of travelers find comfort in their bonds. As you head inside, the smile of the tavern keeper greets you. They're an otherworldly being with a bluish corporeal form. They wear attire befitting of an innkeeper, and they have a large cloudy nebula for hair speckled with stars, which gently sways with their movement. Welcome to the Storyteller's Tavern, where stories are served like ale and a seat is open for you at every table. Tonight's special is the Sunless Citadel, an epic adventure of high fantasy with notes of friendship, danger, and most importantly, hope. Will our adventure survive to descent into the dungeon, or is there a dark and calamity taking roots far from the sun's reach? Let's roll for initiative. All right, starting with Seeker. 19. Methuselah. 22. Thorn. Natural 20, I got a 24. Mortis. And last, but certainly least, Mortis with a three. Oh no. <laughs> I think that's fitting based on what just happened. Valid. Starting at the top of the round with Thorn. Thorn is going to raise his hand and this red light glows as he's going to cast Eldritch Blast at it. That's a 13 to hit. 13 is a hit. The creature will take 9 force damage. Thorn gets their hands together. The glow emanates with sprouting flower petals that as they toss it towards the shadow being cast onto the floor, it impacts, the shadow reacts, jolting to the side as this small explosion bursts with petals of reddish color just gliding onto the ground. Next up, 
Thorn wants to try to use his bonus action to hide. Mortis is engaged with you <laughs> at your side, so you could technically hide behind Mortis, I guess? Or you could also move back a little bit so you go down from the platform, and that would create you the opportunity to use your bonus action to hide as well. Yeah, Thorn will back up, weirded out, and maybe slightly intimidated by the creature. He'll duck down behind the lip of the platform, and that's where he'll end his turn. Thorn retreats in a way that they are still able to see the creature, but not completely run away. Then they are able to step out of the platform that is just as big, if not a bit taller than Thorn himself. Do a stealth check for me. That is 17. For all senses and purposes, you believe that the shadow does not know where you are anymore. Methuselah, now it is your turn. Have I seen anything like this creature within the Shadowfell? You're not completely sure, but you do have the instinct that you have seen where at the very least perceived shadows reacting abnormally in the moments that you were within the realm of darkness, the Shadowfell. And this drives you direct correlation to that. So your gut feelings, yes, you do find familiarity or recognition to this. Could I do a wisdom save? Right ahead. I, this might have been my best wisdom save roll ever. That's a 13. 13, all right. I would say that that's a pass. So Methuselah sees this shadowy creature that manifests itself on like the surface of the platform and is instantly brought back to their time in the Shadowfell, seeing the twisting of shadows and not really knowing if that's a person moving or if that's just the light or lack of light. And a moment they get startled and the dark tendrils start to appear, rising not only on them, but also on Yorick. And they shake it off and the tendrils, they subside in this ghostly mist as they're able to get themselves together and get some sense of composure. Then they're going to get close to Mortis, engage with him so that I can do a touch spell. And I'm going to put my hand on his shoulder and it's going to glow in this red color where he's been wounded with the necrotic damage. And the chrysanthemums are going to bloom as I'm casting Cure Wounds. Get 14 health back. Damn. As I touch your shoulder, Methuselah's like, You can do this! Let's fight! It is important to say that although the sensation of healing and disposition comes back to you as no longer pain affects you, you do not feel any stronger from this healing, as if the strength that was taken from you still wanes you. That'll be all for my turn. As soon as Mortis feels his wounds close, he looks up at Methuselah and his one hand is gripping the sheath of the sword. Thank you, my friend. Next is the shadow. It takes this opportunity to step back. That allows it to be just outside of the range of the lantern. As it gets to the dimmer area of the light, it disappears. Seeker, now it is your turn. So Seeker is going to pull out their rapier and they are going to hold their action to stabby stab if this shadow thing gets within stabby stab range. Erky's turn. Erky decides to look as intensively as he can about his surroundings. 
He wants to see if he can perceive the shadow moving in the darkness. Alas, it is of no avail as he cannot really see the shadow's movements. Next is Mortis. Mortis is going to stand up, hold his new sword at the ready, and just look around. Once he's dusted himself off from the attack, he's going to go back to back with Methuselah and like prepare his action to strike at the shadow creature if it appears near them. And then once he's done that, Mortis is just going to end his turn there. Double the round, Thorn. Thorn is going to go back up on the stage and seeing that the shadow is no longer there, but people still appear to be prepared, he's going to prepare an action to cast Eldritch Blast if the shadow shows itself. And that's what he'll do for now. Perfect. Next is Methuselah. So Methuselah, now standing back to back with Mortis, is going to look in the direction where the shadowy creature went and is going to try to see where they're hiding, to point it out to the rest of the group. You need to do a perception check for me. 22. You notice the shadow that is just peeking out a more solid darkness than the rest of the dim area, no more than 10 feet away from Mortis, as if it was ready to bolt. Then Methuselah, upon seeing the shadow creature, is going to point at it and say, there, it's over there. That would trigger Thorns. Ready action. That's a 17 to hit. That is a hit. Roll for the damage. That's 14 force damage. With a quick blast of the same spell, the glowing red mass of flowers just hits the shadow once again. It reacts and it seems to be really taking a damage on this as it barely is able to compose themselves again. But it does stand as it's still cast against the platform floor. Now it is the Shadow's turn that does approach with speed towards Mortis as it goes for an attack. But that engages your ready action and you strike first. It's a seven to hit, so probably not. The Shadow is able to duck out of the way, weirdly enough, as it appears from the surface of the platform into a more solidified shadowy form, ducks, avoiding your blade, and then grabs a hold of your arm. And as it does so, so does its damage. A total of nine necrotic damage inflicted on Mortis, as well as more of your strength is seeped out, decreasing it by three points. That is all for the shadow's turn. Now it is Seekers. So I'm going to approach the shadow and I'm going to try and do a funky stab stab with my rapier. So it's going to be a 21 to hit. That is a hit. Roll for the damage. It's going to be 11 piercing damage. You dig in the blade deep within the shadow. Almost scared of hitting mortars on the process, but as you pull the blade out, the shadow does react, falling almost to a knee. It is barely standing. For such an attack, it should have done much more damage. Next is Erky. Erky, realizing the situation and seeing how much Mortis was attacked, they approach Mortis and cast with glowing red lights, cure wounds on you. A total of five health points are brought back to you. 
We'll just like circle healing you. Mort's like, that's not going to help my strength. <laughs> no, he doesn't actually We're say trying. that. He's he's not that much of an asshole. That's just that's just player salt. <laughs> Mortis doesn't say anything. He just gives a respectful nod to Erky in the middle of the fight. And he gives you a reassuring glance as well. Now it's Mortis's turn. As Seeker flanks with the shadow, Mortis is going to line up another attack and go for a overhead slash at the shadow with his new greatsword. That is a 21 to hit. That is a hit. Roll for the damage. So that is 13 slashing damage and 2 radiant damage. You bring the blade upwards and descend it upon the creature, cutting it right in the middle. It not only is able to cut through with it, but as it does, a fiery effect does take place. The trail of smoke is visible at any angle and direction. And as it does cut through the darkness of the shadow, sparks of light emanates, almost as if it was sparks of fire as well. And as it cuts through, you're surprised about how much the fire and light was causing damage to this creature. In the end, it starts to dissipate. As Mortis does this attack, he looks down at the creature, holding his sword triumphantly. Feel the power of this holy blade. Nice catchphrase, Mortis. Are, are we going to stick with that one, or are we going to workshop a little bit? Like, all the bravados just, like, fades away. He looks back. I don't know. I suppose I could workshop it. It was more of, like, an off-the-cuff kind of thing. He just scratches the back of his head. Well, I personally like the shell-shocked. That's that's very fun. Yeah, I like the shell-shocked, too. And that doesn't say that this one isn't a great one, but again, I think we can add more gravitas to it. The dad joke tier list. Thorn will go over to where Mortis is and look him up and down. How are you feeling? Well, despite destroying that creature, I still feel as though my very power has been zapped away. Even holding my sword, I, it's much heavier than before. Can I try to do a medicine check to figure out what has gone on? Sure, right ahead. So I rolled a 18 on the medicine check. For the best of your knowledge, it's really difficult to perceive as there is no opening wounds or markings on the body of Mortis. But the overall appearance of Mortis, the way that he stands, the way that he's carrying his own weight, would indicate extreme exhaustion. He's barely standing, wobbling side to side. Well, it doesn't seem like there's any sort of visible wounds outside of the ones that you you can see. It seems that the, the strength has been sort of sapped, like that shadow took your energy. Uh, are you feeling all right to continue on? Should we take a bit of a rest? I'm not too certain how safe it would be here. There might be more of those shadows. I should be all right to persevere for a bit longer. Perhaps if it's some sort of magical effect, it's only temporary. We can only hope, I suppose. Before we move on, Mortis is going to gently place Valkaris's greatsword on the ground, and then he's just kind of walk over on the stage again. There's something I must do. 
while I wield this new weapon, uh, it probably would be best to shed my old one. He pulls out his greatsword, stands before the pedestal where Valkaris' sword was. He kneels down and he gently places his old sword before the pedestal as a samurai would. He puts a hand on the blade. May you be here to remind us of what we were when we left this place. The weight of your action is noticed by everybody. It's a sign of respect. I'd say that's a very heroic place for it. Well, depending on how this grand adventure ends, I suppose I can pick it up on our way back. But while my strength is drained, it might be best for me to hold just one blade. And then after this ritual, Mortis walks back over. He picks up Valkars' greatsword, and with a bit of trepidation, he places it in his sheath, replacing his old sword. In this room, is there a way to continue on, or is this a dead end? There is a door in one of the walls to the side. Mephuselah. As you look around in the room, you start to realize aspects that you did not notice before. The focus point of your attention previously was the sword, as you recognized it as the Sword of Alacaris. Then you start to get the nuances of this room, and that brings you back as you remember that once in a long time ago, the one opening at this roof that is now blocked by some sort of cave-in was open to the sky and you would see and shudder as the dark word himself would appear from the sky and land into this room this room would be crowded whenever he took his appearance he would position himself with his forward legs crossed on top of the stage as if it was meant to be a resting pillow almost and regally, he would hear people's requests and petitions. This was once his audience chamber. Do for me a little intelligence check. I got an eight for the intelligence check. You're going to perceive the full memory. All that I'm going to give you as a hint is that you do remember petitioners and officials who would take this moment to speak with the Dark Warden always bringing small gifts as a type of tribute for his presence. Also, can I do a wisdom save? Yes, you can. Can I do with advantage? Yes, you can. I got a six. Unfortunately, that is a fail. How do you react to this? Upon realizing what this place is and that the Dark Warden literally was perched here and the memory of that massive, terrible dragon, Methuselah takes a couple steps back and looks frozen once more the dark tendrils just start to like emanate in your stupor you hear a little voice stay here the little mouse do not make a noise you don't want to be noticed everybody's here everybody dangerous your enemy is about to appear you do not want him to notice you can I find somewhere to hide <laughs> I don't know, like, behind the stage, if there's, like, a random, like, chair or something, or a box. Well, behind the stage would be the closest, too. 
Alright, I just like scurry off and hide behind the stage. Out of nowhere, you guys notice Methuselah looking at the room and then stopping suddenly. Only to then start running towards the edge of the stage, jumping off and then crouching in a way that you guys no longer see him. You know that they are there, but it just don't see them immediately. Uh, should one of us go and talk to them? I I'm willing to go and do it, but... Thorn is already following where Methuselah went. So after seeing Thorn go, they're just gonna be like, okay, yeah, we're gonna go, we're gonna go and help our friend. Thorn goes to where Methuselah is, gently places a hand on Methuselah's arm, where he has an arm. What? What are we hiding from? Uh, uh, the the dark warden in the shadows, flying down. Is that what would happen, Methuselah? Yes, he he heard a lot of people here, and if he didn't like what they said, he'd eat them. Well, the dark warden is no longer here. Everything is all caved in. Only ghosts are here now, so we can say whatever we want about the dark warden. You mean the ghost of the Dark Warden could be here too? And <laughs> this was just cowering more. No, no. No. Thorn does not think, no. If the Dark Warden's ghost was here, then maybe we'd already seen it. But no, it is not here. What Thorn meant was only remnants remain, like memories. Well, uh, I suppose you're, you're right, Thorn. I just need a moment to get my bearings. Memories coming back is... It's like a flood sometimes. Do you know what I think might help? Oh, what's that? If the three of us all said something really mean about the Dark Warden. I I suppose we could try that. Because then you won't have to remember... Well, I mean, you would still remember, but then you could also attach these memories to this room. The three of us insulting the Dark Warden for being a poopy head. I, I just think that that would be real fun. Well, what, what did you have in mind for that sort of thing? Thorn, talk about how the Dark Warden is smelly and uh, not very smart. Well, Thorn's never met the Dark Warden, but from all the ugly, ugly sculptures we see of it, Thorn thinks that Dark Warden had the smelliest breath, and before you saw him, you could smell him, and everyone would have to cover their noses, and it would be terrible, terrible, very ugly, very horrible. Thorn also thinks that the Dark Warden had to fill up the void left behind by his tiny brain by making others feel bad. You see, you smell better than the Dark Warden, you're smarter than the Dark Warden, and honestly, I think the Dark Warden was jealous of you and all of the talent that you have because the Dark Warden definitely wouldn't have been able to play the hurdy-gurdy as well as you. I don't think anybody could ever do that. And also, your music skills with Raiden, mm, top tier. I, I don't think the Dark Warden's big claws could, you know, sort of hit the notes and the, the buttons and turn the turn the wheel. I don't think that would work out too well. You'd probably break Yorick. I'm just thinking of like the Dark Warden playing on Yorick as Yorick's size is like tiny. <laughs> it's like really not working. Just his like two fingertips, just like the world's tiniest violin. <laughs> the world's tiniest hurdy-gurdy. 
Yeah, like, you you know more about the Dark Warden than the rest of us. Uh, what do you think was the Dark Warden's dullest moment? Well, he wouldn't really like to say this or, or let anyone know, but he really, really liked lullabies, like kids' lullabies when he was trying to go to sleep. So he really liked nursery rhymes. You know, he, he was kind of big and strong on the outside, but, you know, when he, he had a very specific ritual for going to bed, and if anything went wrong during that ritual, you know, he was kind of like a child having a tantrum. Yeah, that sounds like him. Did that help at all? You can continue with this if you want. Oh yes, I suppose, I suppose that helped. I, I don't really like saying mean things about people, but, you know, he was... He was pretty mean, so I guess it's deserving. And he was really mean to you, so it, this is honestly just level in the playing field, I think. And honestly, you're a million times better than the Dark Warden could ever be. I don't like saying mean things about people. The person who has vicious mockery and uses it consistently. <laughs> it's just a prank, bro. Oh, well, it's, it's just a prank. And Methuselah, you're one of the nicest people I've ever met. So yeah, the Dark Warden, just jealous of you. After having Thorn and Seeker come over, Methuselah composes themselves and gets up and is no longer enamored with the visions of the Dark Warden. Because of how you ran and hid into a specific part of the platform, I was wondering if you can do for me a perception check with advantage. 23. No wonder you guys have not noticed this before, but at this side of the platform, which is considering the entire composition of the room, it's just in front of the platform, in the very middle of it. There is a segment of the panels depicting images of the Dark Warden in his prime and moments of victory and stuff like that that actually has an opening of sorts as if it could open that piece of the platform. As I'm getting up I, I imagine that's when I notice it and can I open it or is it too much for my strength? You can open it with ease. It seems to be some sort of compartment and as you do open your memories flush back as people would place things inside of this compartment during moments of audience. Is there anything in there now? There seems to be only a singular bag. I'm going to take it out and turn to the others and raise it up and be like, Well, one thing that I do remember about this place is that when people would come to, you know, speak to the Dark Warden and petition him, they would give him offerings and they leave it in this compartment it seems so there might be something good in here well let's find out i will open it up to see what's inside within this bag you guys find a small coin pouch with what seems to be a good quantity of gold pieces inside two bottles of what seems to be some sort of orange liquid and it's labeled as Alchemist's Fire. And two other vials. These ones with a reddish liquid that glints with a small little light as it reflects the candlelight of your own lantern. 
Can I do uh, Arcana check to see what these red liquid vials are? Go right ahead. That's a 16. You don't know how you didn't notice this before, but throughout your adventures, even with Fool's Fortune, you have seen this liquid before. Maybe in smaller quantities or just perusing moments of real emergency. But these are potions that would heal you when you ingest it. I am going to give one of the healing potions to Thorn. This, uh, this'll heal you if you get hurt really badly. It, the taste isn't quite that good, but it'll, it'll help you feel stronger. Oh, thank you. Seeker is going to pull out three vials from their backpack. Hi, so I have a couple vials here. I, I couldn't figure out what one of them was, or really any of them, but I think maybe I might know what two of them are now, given that you just told us about this healing potion, Methuselah. Well, I suppose the red ones are all the same. By the way, I'm gonna keep the two bottles of the alchemist fire, and then can I do uh, an arcana to figure out the potions? Sure. I could probably give you a hand with that, Methuselah. I don't know too, too much about Arcana, but... Alright, go ahead and do an Arcana check. For the floaty one, I got a 19. You recognize this as some sort of potion that is meant to make you resilient, depending on the type of damage you're supposed to interact. You remember a specific member of Fool's Fortune that was capable to reproduce potions of such caliber, although it did not always work as it was expected and had the weird side effects. So what is this one? You might recognize this as resilience against cold environments. Lastly, for the dark one, I got 21. This one, you remember that two members of Fool's Fortune had an entire rivalry over something similar. This potion seems to be able to allow one to escape bonds, almost as if they could put on themselves and then slip away from any kind of restraints, considering that there were adventures and moments in situations where bandits, kidnappers could take people from Fool's Fortune in the moment's notice here and there, to have something of this ability that assures you to escape was always highly valuable in your group. This is the oil of slipperiness. I'm going to give Thorn the resistance against the cold and the oil of slipperiness. So this one, and I'll point to the floaty one, it, it'll help you against cold environments. And the other one, with the darker liquid, it's uh, oil of slipperiness, so it'll help you in a pinch when you get grappled or, or tied up. I, I think that will be very useful for you. Ah, okay. Thank you. Thorn will keep it close. Everything all right over here, my friends? Uh, are you feeling better, Methuselah? Yes, a uh, flood of memories, you know, pesky things like that. Uh, we were just, you know, divvying up some potions that we had and some more that we had discovered down here. Oh, how exciting. Anything of interest? Well, we have some of these health potions and then I'll give you the one that I have. This will help you recover in mid-battle if you drink it. 
All right, well, I think we're done here. Shall we go into the next room? Uh, hey, Methuselah, do you want me to hold on to that, uh, money pouch? I'll divvy it up for us. Oh, yes, sure, of course, and I'll give you the gold. Awesome, thank you. I won't let you down. After Thorne gets his gold and stores it away in his pouch, he's going to make his way towards the remaining door in this room that we have to travel through, and he wants to put his ear against it and see if he can hear anything on the other side of it. Do a quick perception check for me. Thorne got a 15. With a 15, you hear nothing inside. You're quite confident that it must be an empty room past this door. I do not hear anything on the other side of this, so maybe it is just empty. Well, uh, I guess we can move on then. I think we should probably still be a little bit cautious when we're going through the door, though. Thorn will open the door. Unfortunately, you've reached the end of this episode of The Sunless Citadel. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe to us on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts, and be sure to catch the next installment of The Sunless Citadel every Thursday at 12pm EST. If you like the show, please consider leaving a review. It's a small way to show your support that goes a long way. To connect with us, follow our social media accounts, and if you'd like to support us, you can head over to our Patreon to join the conversation, view sneak peeks of our next project, and discover our fantastic bonus content. Our intro score was created by Patrick Corden from Off the Beaten Path Musical. The Sunless Citadel can be found in Tales from the Yawning Portal by Wizards of the Coast, and the world of Nosamundos was created by Pedro Stockler. Thanks again for listening from all of us at the Storyteller's Tavern. Now take this bardic inspiration for your next adventure. <laughs>